This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats, you're winning two tickets to see the Caps. Sunday, March 3rd, Cap 1 Arena against the Arizona Coyotes. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event information, go to thefandc.com slash events, courtesy of Monumental Sports. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kandorian Murad. They're the official Grant and Danny show sponsor. They're going to help protect your assets and update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. They do a great job, and they will take good care of you. Visit kmlawyers.com. Mention the show to get a discount. kmlawyers.com. It is time for our Beltway Blitz. Let's get it started on the ice. Bailey Johnson covers the caps for the post. Bailey, how about the good guys? Three in a row, all in regulation, six critical points, and for the first time all season, 15 goals in a three-game span. Yeah, they're really finding their way right now at a time of year where if you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said the slide would have really hit and they would be pretty well on their way out of it at this point. But they're right in the hunt. They're only, I think it's five points back of Tampa in the eighth spot with three games in hand. Like, there's still a long way to go and there's a lot of ground they need to make up. It's probably not quite as rosy as the standings make it look right now, but there's a chance. And I'm not sure a month ago I would have said there was a chance. Yeah, 100% with you, Bailey. It's one of those things where I, w- I want to open the door. I want to walk outside and believe that there's sunshine, but the last couple times I did it, I got punched in the face by like a, a super sneaky uh, hidden force that told me to go back down to my basement and stop believing, but they've played well. Like that's to me the most important part of it, regardless of opponent where they are, they weren't doing that before this little stretch here. Is it real? Like do, have we, have we, dare I say, use the phrase, have they turned a corner? I think in some ways they have, and whether or not it's ultimately enough for their playoff push to be successful right now is not immaterial because, of course, that matters. But Mm -hmm. the way that they're playing is so different now than how it was earlier in the year. When they were winning games in November, it was a lot of hanging on for dear life, Charlie Lindgren being their savior. And he's certainly still been fantastic, and he's started to find his game a little bit more as they've tightened up their defense over the last couple weeks. But Spencer Carberry has talked over the last week or so about how they've 
shifted their offensive philosophy and realized that the way this team needs to score goals is much more of a little bit more jump and chase, much more of a grinding, get to the front of the net. And that's kind of a, catch, not a catch-22, but like it takes guys time to ingrain that in their play because when you're a more high-octane, looking to score off the rush team, guys don't always want to go to the front of the net because they're not sure the puck is going to get to them there. And if you're not going to get rewarded, are you really going to go? So you have to kind of almost luck into a couple where guys do get rewarded for going to the front of the net for that light bulb to go on. And I think we've seen that. I mean, the game against Montreal last week, almost all of their goals came to the front of the net. The same against New Jersey in that huge 6-2 win on Tuesday. Last night, they were a little flashier offensively against the Tampa team that was pretty weak defensively. But the way they came back and pulled that win out after giving up two goals quickly, Spencer Carberry mentioned that he didn't feel like his team was rattled. He didn't think they were panicking. He knew they were going to get it back together. And at the beginning of the season, this team might have panicked in that situation. Bailey, I'm curious about Ovi and how we got here. Everyone's talking about the goals. Eight and eight games going into last night. He's just playing better hockey across the board, though. He's skating better. He looks fresher. He's got a 10-game point streak. First time since 2018. He's got 22 points in 19 games. I mean, am I crazy or is this look nothing like the early part of the season with him? It looks absolutely nothing like the early part of the season with him. And it's hard to put your finger on exactly what's changed. I mean, he went to Dubai and rode a camel during the bye week. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's all it took for him to get over the hump, so to speak. But he really does. He looks totally rejuvenated. And he's always been a player where rest and being able to turn off from hockey is important to him. And it really seems like the breaks helped him. It got him his mind off of the struggles he was having and he's come back and he's just been playing hockey. And that's always when guys are at their best, when they're not overthinking it, they're not pressing. They're not, as coaches always say, gripping their stick too tight. Like he's just playing hockey right now and it's working really well for him. Bailey, that's a new level dad joke unlocked right there. I don't even know if you did it when you said get over the hump. I mean, you literally just referenced a camel. I'm sitting there slapping my knee. I'm in my forties. That was perfect. Uh, But to, to that point, it's not just that some of the pucks are going to the back of the net. It's that just he looks better. You know what I mean? Like it's he's moving better, and it just it looks more in tune, and just seems to be a better player than he was again only a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's definitely physically rejuvenated, and it was an intentional camel. Oh, you know, I can't take credit for it. Steve Wino published that in the Associated Press the other day, and we all had a good laugh about it. So felt like I needed to bring that one up. But no, you're right. Obi looks totally rejuvenated, and. I mean, it, kind of for the first few games, you're like, is this just a little bump after the break? And then he'll tail back off. But he really hasn't. Like, no player is going to be 100% the max level of themselves every night. But it's probably been 90% of the game since the break that I feel like he's been one of the best players that they have. And you couldn't have said that earlier on in the year. Last thing real quick. If they beat the Panthers tomorrow in sunrise, I'm going to feel like they're really in the mix here. I mean, then it's four in a row. It's eight points. Now you're beating some of the elites of the conference. I'm putting a lot of eggs in that basket as a show-me game, but they got to go on with TJ without TJ Oshie now. So first of all, timeline on Oshie, and then second, the import of that game tomorrow. Yeah, so there's no timeline on Oshie. Spencer was pretty iffy on that today. He said it's not a situation where he's going to be skating today or tomorrow, so obviously he won't play. It was suggested that maybe then it's not as severe as it looked last night, and Spencer shied away from committing to that. There's no timeline. My guess is that they're waiting until he gets back to D.C. and gets fully evaluated by their medical staff. Obviously, they have a great medical staff with them on the road, but significantly more resources back at home. So my guess is we'll have to wait a little bit to know exactly what's going on there. Um, And as far as the game tomorrow, you're right. It's a huge test for this team. I think Florida's the best team in the East. They've been outstanding. Two of their key players in Matthew Kachuk and Gustav Forsling got hurt last night against Carolina. There's no update on if they'll play tomorrow or not. That would certainly go in the Caps' favor if they're out. 
for me, it's less about tomorrow specifically just because Florida is such a good team, but I think they have to win two of the next three to feel like they have a chance. So after Florida, they go home and play Ottawa on Monday, and then they go to Detroit, one of the other teams that they're chasing for potential playoff spot on Tuesday. So I think even if they drop Saturday's game in Florida, as long as they don't get totally run out of the building, it's not a huge red flag. But if the next three don't go their way, then they're in trouble. Bailey, thank you as always. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. That NFL sounder dares. Okay, Mark Schofield from SB Nation joins us to talk about the NFL. Mark, what do you make of this giant salary cap leap that grows at like 78% per year? It just shows us that the NFL can just pretty much print money at this point. I mean, 10 years ago, the 2014 season, the salary cap was $133 million that year. It's $255 million for this upcoming season. It shows no signs of slowing down. We learned like yesterday that Amazon Prime is going to pay $150 million just for one playoff game. We're going to see more of that, I think, going forward with these streaming services, paying obscene amounts of money to stream playoff games or a Black Friday game. This is going to keep going up. Now, we'll probably see some sort of mid-range players get big deals as a result, but it shows no sign of slowing down for the NFL. Mark, it seems like we've reached the point of the offseason where some stars are about to start getting cut around the league. Uh, It looks like four-time Pro Bowler Xavier Howard, the terrific corner from the Dolphins, is getting the boot. Is he still one of the best corners in the league? What kind of market will there be for him? I think there will be a solid market for him. I don't know if he's one of the best corners in the league. I think you're talking about a player that's probably, you know, top 15, top 20 corner at this point in his career, but still somebody that can fit in a couple of different scheme-type systems, can still play good man coverage, can fit in some zone coverage schemes. And I think, obviously, with the way the game is played and the trend towards the passing game that we've seen in recent years, teams need good coverage players. And especially now with what we just talked about, the bump in the salary cap, Teams that have a lot of cap space, a team like Washington Commanders with, you know, 96 million now in cap space or the New England Patriots right behind them at 86 million teams that have that money to spend. They'll certainly be making some phone calls towards, towards his people in the next couple of days. Mark, I was kicking this around and thinking about it. It's the usual cadre or the usual a number of teams, give or take, that are going to need quarterbacks. It's the you know, it's such a limited resource and there are only so few that took to go around, whether it's draft or free agency. But the free agent crop is not that sexy sort of after Cousins. It's a lot of wrinkles. It's a Tannehill. It's kind of your usual sort of Case Keenum tier of QBing. How do you think teams are going to approach the draft? Do you think folks are going to be maybe more aggressive than a lot of us are thinking about trying to trade up and kind of, you know, maybe land one of these guys? I think so because of that reason, like you said, this is not the best free agency crop of quarterbacks. And the other thing to keep in mind, Daniel Jeremiah had his pre-combine press conference conference call yesterday, and what he says is very much in line with how people around the league feel. The next quarterback draft class, next year's class right now, doesn't really move the needle the way we've had, say, this year's quarterback draft class, last year's quarterback draft class. It doesn't have the league excited right now. Now, we always see a player or two rise this year, Jaden Daniels, you know, Joe Burrow a couple of years ago. So maybe somebody rises in next year's rookie class. But it doesn't seem that solid right now. So when you have a weaker free agency class and the potential for a down-year quarterback-wise in next year's draft – when you're looking at this draft class and this offseason, teams might be more aggressive to go up and get their quarterback because of those two reasons. What's your prediction right now? You got the Bears, Commanders, Patriots, all kind of penciled in for QBs at the top of the draft board. How do you see the top three picks going? 
I do see Caleb one, Drake May two. Although, you know, maybe the teams view it differently and it's Drake May one, Caleb two. I think it's going to be very interesting with New England at three because you're hearing a lot of buzz. You're seeing a lot of people say, you're hearing a lot of people say, well, maybe they go in a different direction. Maybe they draft a Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe they draft Joe Alt or Ola, the, the left, left tackle from Penn State. Maybe they decide that, look, the best non-QB available is a better move for us than the third quarterback in the draft. And maybe they go down the veteran route. Maybe they make a trade for, say, Justin Fields. But I do think that at three, it gets a little bit interesting with the Patriots. I think quarterback one and two seems pretty set. QB at three for New England is a bit more of a discussion. Mark, I got to take this in super quick. What was your reaction to the teaser trailer, Lewis Hamilton sitting down across from Toto Wolf? for the new Drive to Survive season coming out soon. What was your reaction? Look, you guys, guys the second I hang up here, I'm, I'm turning on Netflix to watch this series because I can't wait. Obviously, you know, I do the NFL and F1 at SB Nation, but it was just absolutely perfect. And look, last year's Formula One season wasn't too exciting, but I think Daniel Ricciardo coming back and now this Lewis Hamilton leaving Mercedes to go to Ferrari at the end of this season, that gave those producers a lot of stuff to work with. They probably had to work some late nights to edit some stuff I'm up sure. and cut some stuff up. But once they got that bit of news, they were like, okay, we, we finally get something we can get viewers in for. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, Thanks, be bud. good. Good to catch up with you again. GP, did you see that, by the way? I have not. The little teaser. I mean, I like saw it's coming out. I hairs standing up on my arm. Like, because you know, you know, my guy Toto Wolf, the the big boss of the Mercedes team, Lewis Hamilton, seven time world champion. We now know what happens after this, but it basically it's just camera them chatting with each other. Drive to survive, bro. That's perfectly done. The greatest Netflix doesn't miss. Uh, that was your Beltway Blitz. Next on G and D, how patient will you be with this regime? This is the fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Steelers have released their starting center. Hadn't missed a game the last two years. Mason Cole, he's being cut. It is that time all over the league. 49ers releasing cornerback Isaiah Oliver. Be curious to see what Washington does. If they want to, they can make a couple of decisions and free up a bunch of cap space. Now, it's not like they need any, $87 million. But if you are watching the tape, which we know all those assistants are doing. In fact, I was driving out of Ashburn the other day. And you could just see in all the rooms, it's yep. like dark now, but they're they're cut-ups and they're kind of clicking the, the clicker and they're going through and you see the, the field and they're watching Washington games. It was neat. Not scouting somebody else, but 
you know, they're scouting their own team. But if you come to the conclusion, this guy can't help us or we don't like him as a fit and we could save a little money, it's not like they need the money, but it's still time to make that decision right here, right now. Yeah, there are a number of easy moves. And again, you're talking about people's lives, careers, et cetera. It's not to be flippant about it, but it would make sense to me, for example, move on from Logan Thomas, save $6.5 million against the cap. That's even a a, a pre-June 1st cut. You don't have to do anything, any finagling. That That is a pretty obvious one to me. If you wanted to do a post-June 1st, you didn't like Andrew Wiley, get out of that deal, you could save $5 million doing that post-June 1 designation. I'd imagine there's dead cap with him, right? There would be if they, if they did post-June 1. But still. Only a year into his deal. But still, there, there are moves to be made if you want to start clearing the deck for guys. I mean, the, the Logan Thomas one makes too much sense on his uh, $8-plus million cap hit. You'd have a one seven five dead cap you know, $6.5 million in savings. For example, uh, those are easy ones that are, are top of mind. Yeah. We've heard different names, whether it's Leno, Thomas, uh, Nick Gates, whatever, you know, pop up as if they want to create some space. So it is that time of year, clearly. A question, though, for you guys. How patient should we plan on being with this group, and do we think this fan base will be? If they draft a quarterback at number two, presumably right away you're hoping next season to see that guy flash like a strobe light whether it's May or Daniels or whoever, you want them to go out and you want to feel like by the end of the year, you found a guy. doesn't have to be C.J. Stroud, meteoric rise, offensive rookie of the year, best season for a rookie quarterback ever. I'd like that. That would be fun too. But as long as the good outweighs the bad, you know, there's a bunch of highlights mixed in with the lowlights. You see the flash throws and athleticism in moments. If it's Daniels, maybe some electric touchdown runs. You know, and some big boy throws from the pocket, reading through progressions. If it's May, some great scramble out of the pocket, creating plays, extending plays, like making uh, the, the plus throws he made, 40 big-time throws via PFF in college the last two years. That's what you're looking for, obviously. But beyond that, they're going to spend. Mm-hmm. they got a lot of money to spend, and they're going to take other players. What should be the, the timeline and the patience that we kind of sign up for before you start saying the results now matter more than progress. Like, it is time to start winning football games. Because with Rivera, I think it was probably year th- by the middle of year three that I think people started going, what? Come on, man. Like, really? And there was, not to say there weren't frustrations already with decisions in the quarterback room and, and different things that had happened. But let's talk patience for the new regime. Yeah, the... My biggest issue with Rivera and company was if you're asking for patience, then you do things that look like long-term building. That's not Ryan Fitzpatrick at 40 years old. You do long-term building type moves, which is you draft a quarterback, you find a way to have a young signal caller, you uh, you know sort of have this youth movement, maybe a couple supplementary veterans that didn't do that. They just sort of said, we're, we think we're good right now. The biggest, the worst thing that happened, honestly, is they won that wacky, terrible division in year number one. So they thought maybe they were better than they were, and the expectations were higher for year two. Huge mistake, ultimately, as it boils down. You don't apologize for winning the division, but again, in terms of building in your plan, it kind of threw things off, and Rivera couldn't handle it, obviously, and they were overmatched, and thank God they're gone. But for this group now, I plan on being very patient, and I think I'm in the minority. This is why I've been I've been, I've been itching, chomping at the bit to talk about this. I think people are going to be freaking out the instant they start losing again. If they're, if they're three and six or kind of the normal bad start to the season, even with the kid quarterback. I don't think people can handle Yes, I don't think people can handle the patience that's required. I'm begging. I'm hoping that the, the Harris Ownership Group communications folks over there hear what I'm about to say. Please share the plan. 
be forthright and forthcoming and say, we're looking for, because they won't say, they, they use words like recalibrate and, and re, recompense and re-calorie, morphalize. Just say rebuild. Just say that. If you are honest with people, they might be irritated when they lose to the Cowboys on a Sunday. But if there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you say, we are working towards this special thing, not some flash-in-the-pan eight-win team that barely ekes in and gets the doors blasted off in some weekend in January. We're trying to build you something special. Give us a minute. We're trying to undo all the terrible from before. Tell everyone that. I think people are going to get really pissed off way too early and not have enough patience with this regime. I think you can handle it. I think I can handle it. Not to say we're better or worse than anybody. I think this fan base is so tired and they don't want to wait for anything. I think they're going to freak out the minute it doesn't go well in year one. I don't think so. They weren't that way with Rivera, and they had no reason to give him the benefit of the doubt. He had never won anything. He got to a Super Bowl that one time when his quarterback was the MVP. And I understand you could say the same about Dan Quinn as a head coach, but I don't really view this. like I viewed the last era as the Rivera's Mm -hmm. because he ran everything. Dan Quinn is a piece to the puzzle. I'm trying not to focus all that much, frankly, on Dan Quinn. But Peters has three rings, would have won a fourth if the 49ers could have finished the game against the Chiefs with a win. The ownership group's the whole reason to have some patience. Mm -hmm. This is their first season. It's their first offseason. They're doing this thing the right way. They're the anti-Dan. So I I go back to Rivera when year one... Everyone was excited. There was no expectation. They got on their little heater. They made the playoffs that you referenced. Year two, I'm going, ugh. I'm already seeing the signs that they, 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 they don't get it. You know, these people, and I mean the, the front office, the mm-hmm. coach, like this is not going to work. They don't see football the right way in 2023. But by and large, at that time, if you chastised or called out or took issue with or had umbrage with something, you were vilified. People were in Ron We Trust still. That was year two. Year three, it wasn't really until deep into the season that people started to turn. And Dan Snyder was still the owner at the time. And you gave him two and a half years. Now you've got a GM who you actually can give the benefit of the doubt to. An ownership group you can give the benefit of the doubt to. A coach that, while he's very Rivera-ish, I would say is still an upgrade. Look at the staff that he put together. A better staff altogether. Why wouldn't people be more patient with this group than they were with Ron? They were very patient with him. They won't be because I see. I, I, well, okay, it's it, it is a fair question. Do you disagree with the theory though? Like, let's not sleep on how long it was before people turned on Rivera. I I think it was a reaction to people having legitimate questions, right? Like they've been so everyone gets sold a bill of goods that are still fans of this team. Every time there's a new change, every time there's a La Famina, every time there was a Bruce Allen, every time there was a Scott McLuhan, every time there was a, a new quarterback, a new, a new, a new, a new, every time fewer and fewer people bought what the team was selling. But the people that kept coming back were, it was almost a reaction to you and I or anybody else going, not to overstate our importance, but to you and I going, hey, are we sure these guys know what they're doing? This didn't make any sense, this whole uh, Chris Blewett thing. And this didn't make any sense the way they're treating the quarterback spot, rotating it a bunch of times. It didn't make any sense when they're going Carson Wentz or it doesn't make any sense when they're doing Ryan Fitzpatrick or William Jackson or guys that were good in Carolina that time. It didn't make any sense. And it was, no, 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 this is it. You guys are just haters. You hate, you hate, you hate. I think now that we're all going, yes, this is great. This is it. This is what we've been begging for. 
the expectation because you've got a GM, the expectation because it's a it's a football guy, head coach with a great staff that they're, they're going to win right now. And I think I don't think people are going to be able to handle that this requires patience. I think people are smart enough. Everybody's here now knew. It did it would be nice and it can happen overnight if they have a bang up off season in free agency. They won't be aggressive as I want them to be. I know that. I would go out and spend a ton of money and bring in four marquee starters, you know, billboard type players. They're not going to do that. I know that. But they're going to spend they're, they're going to spend 40 50 million dollars in free agency. They have to. They're going to have hopefully a productive draft class. So they're going to get better quickly and maybe they're in contention in year 1, ideally in year 2, but you've got a, a rookie quarterback you know that comes with ups and downs. Mm-hmm. You know that that does not result in getting to the playoffs in the first season almost ever, C.J. Stroud notwithstanding. People are smart. I th- I think they'll be plenty patient. I think they I will. I would love for that to be right. I, but I, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, they're, we've never seen them not be, in other words. Well, but they, they but are. I, when- I, you're saying, like, they're now the ownership, the GM, you're so happy, you're so excited that you're like, not going to be able to help it essentially, which I get. But my point is, you've lost for thirty years. You kind of know how it works. Like you're used to that part of it. Let me try a different tact. When we were like, "Hey, what do you guys want to do in the draft?" Everybody that called us was like, "Trade back." Be- it, it go and, and what, then what does that mean? Let's go with a let's go with another Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. We got callers that want to do saying that. that to try to go win nine games. That's exactly what they're doing. No, they're they're the, desperate the, to do that. They I, think that's the way you do it. I don't think so. I th- well, yes, they do think that that's how you do it. But they're not saying trade back because they want to make the playoffs this year, and they think Jacoby Brissett's the way to do that. They want to trade back because they're petrified of missing on a quarterback. So, but I think that's exactly what they want. I think I think yes, they're petrified of missing on a quarterback, and they think the pathway to success is journeyman Jag, veteran Victor. And this great roster that you can now compile around them. I don't think I don't think people have patience like they should. I really don't. Yeah, I guess those two aren't. I don't know how to relate those. Would people rather rather wins the the wrong way to ask? Do people think that you can win with a jag quarterback and a really good roster around them? Because Joe Gibbs did it three times. Yes, absolutely. You know who else has done it? Adam Peters just came from San Francisco, where Brock Purdy was in the Super Bowl with. A great offensive line mm-hmm. and tremendous wide receivers and an elite tight end and an awesome defense. So, like, yeah, I mean, there's there is the logic and the theory that you can win that way. But I don't hop from that lily pad to the next, which is to say that fans are going to be angry with Adam Peters if they're not in the playoffs this year, or like they're going to be upset with Jaden Daniels or Drake May if they show growing pains in their first season. Fair? Like, do you think that? So we're t- we're talking in generality, sir. Obviously, there'll, there'll be there'll be a huge section of the fan base that gets it, but I think the, I think we sleep on the huge, enormous group if we're doing the Venn diagram. That in that circle is, you play the best player, compete, win, run the ball. Like they're yelling the same refrains right. since they were kids, and they that they don't want to do a build like. We we have a, a guy that calls us all the time, and you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Who wanted to go with the veteran quarterback every second of of the entire uh, process because that might win you one more game. Instead of you and I going, well, we're trying to do something special here. We're trying to figure out if this kid is is a super high ceiling guy. And Sam Howell, no, 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 no. The, the, the you go with the veteran, you go, you play with the best player, you play with the best player, and that refrain 
carries you through. Like th- they that is the philosophy. Anything you have to do to try to win that week, you count them up in the end. So you're basically begging to win eight or nine games. And I think that's a huge portion of this fan okay, base. Okay, so yeah, I think that fans would rather win eight or nine games with a veteran than win five in year one of a rookie. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that means that they will take issue with ownership, GM, coach, if they go 6-11 and 11 this year. I think those are two different things. I think fans, and by the way, a lot of coaches are this way, mm-hmm. and it's infuriating. They to, every win is better than a, than less. Like there's no, you're you're not staring at the the one tree. You're kind of looking at the forest kind of deal. It's result over process. So I agree with that. Yeah, I think it, the average fan goes, if you can go sign some like 36 year old wide receiver and he'll catch a few passes and help you get to nine and eight, let's do that. But. Uh, if the question is as simple as, is the fan base going to be patient enough? Or, like, are they going to get antsy if it takes a couple years before they get this thing going? They don't really have a choice. I I, I think they're going to be along for the ride. I think they trust in Peters. We saw that when people just blindly were like, how dare you not be excited about the head coaching <laughs> right. hire? You idiot. Adam Peters picked him. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't know. Did, did Adam Peters like three other guys more and he ended up with him? 800-636-1067 if you guys want to hop in. Question for you on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Do you think Commanders fans will be willing to be patient if this takes a couple years to turn around and it isn't a quick overnight renaissance? You're listening to the fan. Top of the hour, we'll take our stab at predicting where the top free agent quarterbacks in the NFL are going to end up. Also, next hour, is Steven Strasburg going to show up at spring training before tomorrow's deadline, and what if he doesn't? We'll get into that on Grant and Danny right now, though. How much patience are you willing to extend to the Harris Ownership Group, Adam Peters, this new front office, as they try to get this organization back on track and winning football games? Now, when will the results start to be equal to the process and how you're viewing things? Is that right away, or is that a couple of years down the road? Danny thinks immediately fans are going to want to see results. I think you guys will be more patient, but let's uh, tap in to what you're thinking. Clay's in Fredericksburg. What's up, Clay? Hey, Clay. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I personally am going to be patient because I think that's the only logical you know, reaction to what's likely to be a high uh, high draft pick, you know, rookie quarterback with first year head coach. However, I do agree with Danny that the majority of fans are going to be overreacting for the worst because of the way the head coach process was handled. Um, it looked like Ben Johnson was the top candidate, and then he says he's staying in Detroit, and then Mike McDonald goes to Seattle, and then we end up with Dan Quinn. So, you know, a lot of people are going to be going, do these guys know what they're doing? You know, it's a fair so point. Mm-hmm. I guess here's my question then. Thanks for the call. Thank you, buddy. He said that there will be fans. No doubt. There's always a loud minority. Like, no one's suggesting there won't be any fans that want to win right away and who are, you know, if they're one in three and the, the young quarterback's struggling, who aren't way over the top in their discussions. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm not – why do I care about that? I don't really give that a seat at the table. I, 
I'm on to Cincinnati. I, I don't listen. Like everyone doesn't. Everyone's opinion doesn't have to matter. I mean, what is the majority of the fan base? Are you? Do you think it's going to be the like? What is the bulk of the fan base think? Or mm. are we talking about a major portion, like forty percent? Yeah, I think it's close to the major portion. So I don't think it's the majority. See, that's where we'll disagree. Yeah, I, I, don't think I, it's I the agree majority. with you. There will be a lot of loud, annoying. Oh my God, the sky is falling. Dan Quinn's terrible. Drake May sucks. You know, whatever. If they're one in four, Adam Peters wasn't right. The, you know, everyone in the draft class isn't on the way to the Pro Bowl. But I, I just think that the majority of people have common sense. It's like anything in the country, really. When you sit down and you ask 50 people about the pressing issues, a lot of them are pretty similar minded. You just hear so much from the crazy people. That's kind of where I'm at. It makes sense. I mean, so to me, the, the number one thing this, this ownership group and Peters by extension can do is to continue to convey the vision. Continue to explain, this is where we are now, this is where we want to be. The, the Instead of everything being... Think about that Ron Rivera story, the brilliant story that John Kime did end the season, if you guys read that. It was basically... I think whichever, it was Standing. Was it Standing? I thought it was John Kime. In the athletic. I apologize, so it was Standing. But whichever way the wind blows, whatever the latest thing is, the latest trend, whatever thing he read on the internet is what Ron's you know new uh, uh, dictum was, what his new, his new modus operandi was. Don't do that. Have a clear, concise vision this is where we are. This is where we're going. If you communicate that, people will get it. This is something this organization has been missing. He's in D.C. on Grant and Danny. What's up, E? Hey, how you doing? Hey, man. Hey, man, you're right about that. Um, they need to be straightforward with what they're doing, rebuilding, or um, if they're trying to win now. And I have another thing that <clears throat> we don't have. Um, everybody can say they got patience, but, you know, I listen to the radio and I hear a lot of people, every rookie that we have, we we dog. From Jamin Davis to Chase Young, we don't have patience here for young guys. And I feel like that um, if we get this young rookie, we never had success with no rookie quarterback. E, let me, let me push back a little bit. I don't want you to hang up. Hang with me. I want to I see what you think about this. The guys you're referencing, in Chase Young's rookie year, that's just not correct. Everybody yeah, loved him. Everyone loved him. He was the defensive rookie of the year. It was his sophomore year when he you know, when he didn't do anything for a half season and then got hurt that he started to take heat. Jamin Davis is a good example. Jamin Davis has not become what he should have as a first-round pick. People weren't wrong. Emmanuel Forbes, another example. So I, what I would say to that is if guys are showing enough promise to warrant the selection or if – like nobody's expecting perfection, right? But you got, mm-hmm. there's got to be good with the bad. So, like, if they were reactionary to Jamin Davis's first season, they weren't wrong. He was a first-round pick who probably is a third-round, fourth-round type talent. That's what we figured out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but with Emmanuel cool. Forbes, it might be the same way. With Chase Young, when we started to get annoyed and talk the way that we did about him in the second round, in the second year, it's been four years now. Were we wrong? I don't think we were. So I don't have a problem yeah. with kind of the way people have felt like with the young quarterback as an example, and this is what I want your thoughts on, I'll, the example would be like people were down on Haskins, and I'll speak for myself. Uh, and I hate doing this because obviously he's no longer with us, and, and rest in peace to him. And it's tragic what happened, and I feel for his family. But like his first year here, now I had the benefit of also talking to a lot of the people in the building who would tell me things like the studying, the, the, the first in, last out stuff, the leadership. Like that wasn't he wasn't checking those boxes. But from a sheer football standpoint, you watched it, and the good was, say, 10%, and the bad was 90%. If the good is 40% or 50%, I think people feel differently. Like, you're looking for 
the moments, the flashes, the he's got it, wow plays, and they weren't there. And I think if they're there, even if the guy isn't that good, people would view it very differently. Do you disagree with that? Um, Yeah, but kind of, sort of. Um, this is my thing. See, here we don't have older good veterans to teach our young guys. That's the problem um, from the cornerbacks along with the coaching. Um, when you look at the great ones, they play, they sit down, and they, they learn from the better players on their team. We bring a guy here, and they it, it's really nobody to learn from. You know, like with the Chase Youngs and the Montez, where you had a whole John Allen, Allen and Payne couldn't help at all? Ryan Kerrigan early on? I mean, they're, they're Ryan defensive. Kerrigan's not a good leader yeah. to ask questions Thank of? Thank you, buddy. You know, in the linebacking room, uh, John Bostick, who who runs, uh, he's like a real estate mogul now and a brilliant guy. That you know, Jamin Davis couldn't ask him a few questions? I, I will disagree on that. You know, in the corner room last year, you had Kendall Fuller. Safety room, Cam Curl's pretty good. Been around a few years. Made good on being a seventh-round pick. Uh, if that's true, though, let's just say hypothetically you're right. The staff now is a lot better. So that should fix at least part of that Should problem. help some of that. 800-636-1067 is the number. Do you think the fan base will be patient? And if the team really struggles next season and it's more process than results, and they're saying, hey, here's where we were better, but we don't see it in the, the wins and losses, do you think fans will get reactive? That's the question on Grant and Danny. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.